Okay, I know. Don't beat me up. It's been a few weeks, but I am back. Okay, so it's Rika. This is Single You, the podcast. And girl, listen, (laughs) my project management job is taking up a lot of my time, especially because we are planning for the biggest fundraiser we have every year, which is coming up in February. So I got that. I got speaking gigs that I'm doing. Um, this political series that I'm doing on Facebook for another nonprofit who's hired me to do it. So it's a lot. Okay. Trying to keep up with my own self and I don't have help. I don't have a team. It's just me, right? Just me, Rika. All right. It's just me. So it's a lot. What I am going to do, what I've promised myself is that for the next probably six months, I can commit to an episode a month. And I'm going to do like either every second Thursday or every third Thursday. I got to talk with myself about that, get these um, potential guests lined up and scheduled and the um, interviews recorded so then I can post them for you because I miss you. And uh, I hope you're like, where's Rika been? (laughs) I've gotten a few messages, but I really hope that you enjoy the podcast Um, And if you're new, there's so many episodes for you to catch up on. I believe this one is episode 74. So many episodes. So you can even DM me and if you have a question or what have you, I can point you in the direction of where I believe your answer is in whatever episode it is in. Okay, so don't ever feel like you can't hit me up. You can always do that. I tell you, it's not going to be weird. Okay, so I am still available. And I am committing to, for the rest of the year, possibly six months, to an episode a month. Okay? All right. So this episode is titled, How We Participate in Our Own Suffering. My girl, Cameo. Um, I feel like I've referenced this episode in the last two episodes. One with Nikita, the one with uh, Mel. And I kept saying, this episode is coming up. This episode is coming up. Finally got the audio from Cameo. And so what we did is we recorded an episode for her podcast. uh, And then I wanted to wait out of respect for her to post it on the Good Girl podcast, which is Cameo's podcast. So she did that. And now guess what? Now I have the audio for you, just in case you don't listen to the Good Girl podcast. So um, we, we, we do have two different audiences. And so, yeah. So this is the conversation that I had on her podcast. So what I'm going to do is I am going to just get into that episode. Of course, I'm going to play the intro. Then I'm going to get into that episode and you're going to hear Cameo speaking about the Good Girl podcast and she does her intro and then we get into the conversation. And so just know, you know, this is single you, the podcast, but I took the exact episode that she posted on the Good Girl podcast and put it on this episode. So you're going to hear her hosting the conversation and talking about the Good Girl podcast podcast. Okay. And so, um, she has a great podcast as well. And I'll put that link in the show notes for you to click on over there. We, again, two different audiences. She does confessions. I'm over here helping you with your boundaries. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and get into that episode. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. Break my heart, oh that breaks my heart That you thought you ever had it, no you ain't from the start 
<laughs> yep. Welcome to my party. That's how we do around here. This is Single You, the podcast. I am your host, Rika. And I, I'm an NLP certified life coach and also the founder of Single You Academy. That is my online coaching program. You know what I do? I help the ambitious millennial single woman discover her worth. That means you. So that you, girl, can stop tying your worth and identity to men and stop being a man pleaser. So if you are a woman who is sick of having an unsuccessful single life, if you are sick of the revolving door of dysfunctional relationships, listen, they may have a different name, but it's the same type of relationship. Or you're doing the tug of war back and forth with the same guy and you're sick of that. You want better when it comes to men and setting boundaries, knowing yourself, understanding your worth and what makes a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, I'm willing to bet nobody has ever had that conversation with you. But listen, I'm not here to judge. I have an abusive ex and an ex that cost me $10,000. Yeah, stick around, listen to the podcast enough and you will hear those stories. All right, so you've come to the right place if you need to hear that singleness is not a punishment and that you are worthy regardless of your relationship status. Yeah, I'm a certified life coach, but I will tell you this. I am no expert. I just learned a few things that I would like to teach you as well. You know, as Maya Angelou says, once you learn, you teach. And when you know better, you do better. So now that I'm doing better, I am reaching back out for you, girl. Here's my hand. Grab it. So thank you and welcome. You're in the right place. I got you if you got you. This is Single You, the podcast. Hey, thanks for being here. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. This is the Good Girl Podcast. I am Cameo King, your host. There wasn't a space for women to be themselves in every facet of their lives. The Good Girl Podcast was created to offer that space, to have conversations with a gutted truth without restriction. I invite you to join us every week with your own set of questions and confessions in this good and safe space. Hey, y'all. Back with the jump off. I don't know why I have these bouts of just 90s and early 2000s music. Clearly, it adds to my joy. So I hope it I hope it adds to your joy, too. Um, again, I'm Cameo King. I'm the host. This week's conversation, again, we're going to dig deep and hopefully provide some freedom to you, provide some revelation to you so you can be the best, freed, healed, authentic version of yourself. Because I believe more so than we know, the things that are holding us back oftentimes from experiencing life at its highest level is ourselves. And it's in ways that we simply aren't aware of. And so I hope today is no different. Um, and I'm going to be transparent and my guest is going to be transparent as well. Whoop, whoop. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to invite my guest on in. But first, I just want to give you a just stick your toe into what the topic is. And it's about how you play a role. I almost want to say play the central character, the main, main character energy <laughs> in your own suffering. A lot of times we like to point the finger at everybody else, at the devil. It ain't me, but it's the devil. <laughs> about at, at him, at her, at whomever, but yourselves in your own 
suffering. So excited about that topic. Also wanted to remind you, be sure you are following us on Instagram and on the TikToks. I got on TikTok, y'all. TikTok is fun. It's interesting. People really engage with you on TikTok. I love y'all, my TikTok people. Um, and hopefully by now I've gotten up to a thousand followers because you can't post your link without, you have to have at least a thousand followers. I think I got like 800. Maybe by now I'm going by around, I have like 10,000. Who knows? But make sure you're following us on, <laughs> on TikTok and I'm going to go ahead and bring my guest in, Rika. What up, Rika? That's me. Hey, Cam Cam. Hey. And so Rika may be new to some, but familiar to um, my loyal good good girl podcast listeners, but um, Rika is the boundaries coach. Yep. The uh, and and I like how you describe yourself because I think some people put you in the space of a relationship coach. And but I'm you not, say, no, that's not who I am. No, 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 no. I, I I'm in the space of helping with uh, women set their boundaries and keeping them right, and also helping women untie their identity to men. So I ain't got nothing to do with. If you want to know the, the five top ways to get a man to do, I'm not, we're not doing none of that. I am talking to you about you. And then from that though, once you get your boundaries, like I'm the boundaries queen, man. I'm t- I can set up boundaries. Like, well, <laughs> no, 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 so good. And I feel like once you get that, that also means you, you, you fully understand who you yeah. are. And I do think that there, it's still a journey. It's an ongoing journey, which is what we're going to talk about today. But once you have that and then you're good at your boundaries, I just believe life will be more peaceful. You know, not perfect, but definitely more peaceful. So yeah, nah, we ain't talking, I don't I don't know <laughs> how to get to I, that, but I have no idea. <laughs> I think I think it'll be more peaceful and Rika, I think it'll add additional joy to your life because those boundaries allow you to be authentic. They yes. allow you to be yourself. They allow you to get to the highest and the best expression of people. I think people underestimate boundaries. We ain't going to go too deep. But being a boundaries coach and knowing how and when and what your boundaries do are crucial. Because I think people think boundaries, you can correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm going to get back on track to what we're talking about. But, <laughs> but I think we think boundaries are for other people, right? I'm setting this boundary so you won't cross it. But I I believe that the boundary is really to protect me from violating my authentic self. It's, it's really not about you, but it's because I know the reason I set a lot of boundaries is because Cameo can't control herself. Not because you can't, because I can't control. I don't know how to not pick up the phone. I don't know how to tell you I'm gonna call you back. So I gotta put my phone on silent and put my phone in the other room. Exactly. Uh, people believe and this is where my belief was if i set a boundary then you will change for me right mm-hmm. no 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 if they never change it doesn't matter but you set that boundary and then you can walk away proud of yourself but the more times you say i can't sleep with my phone next to my bed cuz people wake me up or they text me too much or whatever the more you say you need to do that and you don't do that you are chipping away subconsciously at that trust factor which is what Ayama Van Zandt talks about in trust. Like it matters what we say to ourselves and what we say we're going to do. And then when we don't do it, it is at mm-hmm. our detriment. That's how we participate in our own suffering. So it is, like you said, it's about you. I think it is um, a delineation. Is that the word? Ooh, did I say a big word? Listen, I'm with it. Keep going. Without, listen, if it don't mean that, I know what you meant. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It is the line between who they are and who you are. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's- and it's a peaceful space. Me like, yo, I did that. That hurt my feelings, but I did that. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was hard, but I did that. Yeah. You know? So. And you just get closer to who you are called yep. to be. And that's huge. Absolutely. That's yep. huge. So let's let's get on to this topic. So that was for someone. So if someone was listening, right. and maybe you had a prayer up until God and you needed listen, this was not planned. This was not in our <laughs> that was for you. It was for you. God loves you. <laughs> um, and so what we're talking about today is how you play a role in your own suffering. And when I first saw that and I first heard that, it did, it hit me in a way because I know I have. But those times when I was actually in the suffering, I didn't know I was playing my, I was, I didn't know I was, I had that main character energy in my own suffering. I was pointing the finger at everybody else. And so that, those were my initial thoughts when I read that. And also thinking about looking forward, like, am I playing a role now in my own suffering? Things that grieve me, things that take me down the rabbit hole of because a cameo cameo will go down a rabbit hole you hear me it's very much still connected to the thoughts i entertain the decisions i made and how i perceive life and me participating in my own suffering so with all that being said those are my first thoughts i'm curious rika about when you first heard that phrase what did you initially think yeah absolutely that i've done that Um, I think once you cross the bridge, so on the the left side of the bridge is thinking that if I, so let's talk in the lane of dating. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you are on the left side of the bridge and you're thinking like, all I have to do is X, Y, and Z, and then he will then pick me finally, because I did these things and he should therefore pick me. I think we also do that with God. If I do these things, God will love me more or what have you, right? But once you do the work and you cross the bridge, you realize who you are is enough and it is okay. Will you have to like work on yourself in relationships for like, um, you know, to make the, to compromise and make the relationship work, but not in the way that you are transforming into a whole nother person to be with him, right? It's not the same. So absolutely, I was the one on the left side of the bridge. And when I saw that sentence, or I can't even remember how we came up with this topic. Absolutely. I have done it. I am in ways still doing it. And I know we're going to talk about that. But that was my thought, girl. I was like, ooh, Rika, Lord. And I want to be clear, too, when you talk about the left side of the bridge or the right side of the bridge, I also think what adds to that perspective on the left side of the bridge is that society also very much tells us that we are not enough and that we do need to make these changes in order to get these things that we desire. Now, understanding that 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 is partially true, but it's the the pressure and the level and the expectation that I think that how we interpret that as wrong. Yeah. Right. And it also adds to us comparing. Like, I think I hear a lot. The reason you ain't got what you what you want in life is because you ain't working hard enough. All the time. All the time. And I just want to be like, who are you, God? Like, nobody has the crystal ball. I'm sorry. I know there's psychics out here and this and that and the third and card readings. And I'm not no knocking on that, that, if that's what you believe. But if it was 100% true, wouldn't they just be able to run down everything for you and be like, do this, you'll get a man. 
do this and this will happen. Do this, you'll get a million dollars. Like it, it's not that easy. <laughs> it's, it's never, it's, yeah. it's never yeah. that easy. And yeah. again, that may have worked for you or the person that is preaching that and for a certain sect of people who are not working hard enough, who are lazy or even for a specific time. Right. But I think we oftentimes forget about what I consider like the God factor. Like God is going to bless who he wants to bless when he wants to bless. At all. I, I mean, yeah, period. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Yep, absolutely. Yes. 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 Divine interruption, divine, divine timing, all that other good stuff. But anyway, yeah. and so when I think about how I've played a role in my own suffering, I think about three. I think I'm only going to talk about two, though. Two, okay. top, two top areas in my life. And uh, I'm going to ask you to do the same. <laughs> Let's talk about two areas, two top areas in your life, and we'll go from there. And I can start. And what I'm going to start with is I played a role in my own suffering when I was more loyal to the church than I was myself. Mm, yeah. And I say that because there were times when I would attend church services and I would have work to do that is connected to my calling or where I would have to, I used to work for a CBS affiliate and when I was a producer and I would have to get up and be at work at say like three, four o'clock in the morning. But I would be at a church service because I felt compelled um, and that God would make up the time and me being sleepy uh, and I would be at a church service up until 11 o'clock because it was a special, it was a special service, but I'm the only person in that whole place that has to get up and be attentive and be present and actually use my brain, you know, to work. And that was just one area. I would do that in a lot of, a lot of areas and it would be prioritizing things. Mind you, that were good to me, good for me in certain spaces. I would prioritize those things over myself. I talked about it earlier about picking up the phone. If my friend were to call me and I got to be up at four o'clock in the morning and she needed to talk through something, I would stay on the phone because I'm doing my job as a friend. I'm doing my job as a Christian. I'm doing prioritizing. And then who suffers? And and, and I want to say this too. We're using suffering very westernized. (laughs) yeah. I, I don't even want to say westernized because look, Jackson, Mississippi, what they're going through right now with not having water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm just it's using kind of suffering. We're not talking about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. it's folks that suffering for real, for real. Right. Um, but very much doing things to my detriment that would cause me anguish in the long run. Um, that would cause me to not fulfill my purpose and destiny that will remove joy and happiness or whatever it was, was very much prioritizing people and things mm-hmm. above myself. Like that was huge. Yeah. And can I, can I ask you a question? Cause I know you and I, we, we are very, um, Oh, I don't want to use the word critical, but I'm going to use it right now mm-hmm. of the church. Right. And religion. Right. And so you thinking that and being in that space, do you feel like that's what you were taught? Whether um, consciously, um, on purpose or not, you know, sometimes I think we learn things that maybe somebody wasn't trying to teach us, but unfortunately we learn it. Yes. Yes. 
in, in some in some faith settings, yes. I remember a uh, pastor or a speaker saying it was an evening service, and I went to the evening evening service after I went to the service during the day too. That oh, I just feel like you gonna get everybody, and it wasn't a lot of people in there. I just feel like you gonna get extra brownie points in heaven because you attended this service. Oh. And yep. yeah, 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 and it's like, show me that in the Bible, please. Yeah, <laughs> I've also heard. I've also heard. Like again, I know we can be critical because we. This is what we experience, and I think we're critical because we love that institution and because yeah, that institution yeah. has mm-hmm. been beneficial to us, and we wanted to grow and we wanted to do better. Um, I've also heard. On the same hand, other pastors say, I don't care how many times you come to church. <laughs> like, um, are you, like, have you sat down and had a conversation with God? Like, what do you do on the regular? Yeah. Um, whatever you experience here should only be confirmation of your relationship that you have at home. Your at-home relationship should be paramount. So if you're coming to church more than you're talking to God, that's problematic. Yeah. Ooh. Um, Ooh. I think you need to say that again. Carry <laughs> Again, if you come to church more than you talking to God, and that's problematic. That is how we participate in our own suffering. Go yes, ahead. you can finish your thought, and then I, I have thoughts too. <laughs> yes, and so, so I think so. I think it's it's again just just painting this clear picture on what I've experienced, where I've played a role in my own suffering, and also how I had to admit and become accountable and become free, so I wouldn't continue that cycle. And the tricky thing about this, and I think about a lot of these things we're going to discuss, is because there is almost an aspect of, it's what is it, the, the, what's, the, what's the Bible verse? One lump makes the whole bread unleavened. I'm, mix, I'm mixing it all up. But Lord, it's, yeah. yeah, but go ahead. Y'all know what I'm saying if you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're paying attention. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's the idea of, um, and I think for me, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater or, sim- or, or a similar, because there is some bit of truth, some bit of goodness to this institution. And they say this one wrong thing, or they have this one wrong thread, and it does very much affect every area of our life. But that's the challenge. Like, you have been good to me, or you were right in this area. So you must be right in this other area. So it's us, I'm going to use the word, it's us delineating what we should, what's the baby and what's the bathwater, right? What do we keep and what do we take? What's dirty and what's good? Because yeah. there are times where it has been extremely, it didn't contribute to my suffering. It actually did the opposite. It right. was helpful to my freedom. And so I think this is how we get into the space of participating in our own suffering. Yeah, yeah. Um. I, so, gosh, okay. So I'll start with the comment that I heard growing up in church. Well, the Bible say faith without works is dead. Uh, faith without works is dead. So I'm going to be on the usher board and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Mm. So you think that you have to do all of these things for the church. But my question is, no, what is God calling you to do? Because honestly, I have no calling right now in my life. And, and I don't know. Mm. Okay, let me just say in this season, I don't know if when I'm 50, I'll be called to the church. But I don't feel like I need to be on the usher board at, at mm-hmm. the church. I, 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 but I used to because of those comments. And like you said, if you go to church more than you are actually communicating, communion, worshiping God, 
that is very problematic because the Bible says my people perish from lack of knowledge. So like you said, you'll throw the baby out with the bathwater because what they did say about relationships or, you know, serving the church or whatever, you ended up feeling like it was um, at your detriment. But it's like, okay, well, now we're big, like 30 and 35 and 40 now. So where is your actual relationship with God so you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater? So you can see with your discernment, with your God eye, with your gut or whatever and say, okay, what he said about this, this and this on point, I do believe that. What he said about that, that, no, (laughs) I don't believe that. I don't feel like I have to be at church 40 hours a week when I got to get up at three o'clock in the morning to go to, you know, what have you. So yeah, it, it is, it's really the, just to circle back, how we participate in our own suffering is because we lack knowledge. God literally says that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's what it came down to. I, I didn't have the wherewithal to discern or the confidence to trust myself that, it, because the other thing I think that there it's a fear factor. If I if I miss this ter- church service, I'm not going to be the, the best version of myself. I'm going to miss what God has for me. Yep. As though God only, because that's also idolizing. Yeah, an idol out of the church because I only think he can come by way of the church that he can't speak to me when I'm on my own. He can't speak to me through my manager. He can't speak to me through someone on the street. If he needs to get a message, if God needs to get a message to me that for whatever reason, I'm not being still enough for, but I desire it. It's, it's, it was also a fear. You know, I just want to identify fear oftentimes leads us to continue to participate in our own suffering fear that I wasn't going to, you know, be this optimal Christian or I was going to miss something from God. Yeah. When, when, when he was talking to Moses, Moses was by himself. When he was talking to the woman at the well, she was by herself, (laughs) you know, but we just, again, when we're baby Christians or when we're not doing the studying, this is what we believe because we think that we'll only hear from God or know about God through, is it osmosis? What if we, you know, are we around the pastor? The pastor is the only way I'm going to know about God. But no, <laughs> no, no. But this is what we do when we're baby Christians. So, yeah, yeah. so, so that was my one. Um, Rika, I'm going to toss it to you. What, what, what was? How did you participate in your own suffering? Right, right. So obviously, I have some church stuff too. But I, I will take it here um, because I put the question on uh, Instagram and. All of the comments that I did get back were in the lane of relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Like dealing dealing with men, which I also want to say when we think about how we self-sabotage or participate in our own suffering, I want you to also think about outside of this lane of relationships. That's the easy one. That's the low-hanging fruit. But how else are you participating? But anyway, just to throw that out there for you to think about. So mine was uh, your gut feeling versus the need for tangible evidence. And I think that I go through this right now, meaning in this lane of relationships, my gut has told me, especially in the past, he is not right for you. I bypassed those red flags or what have you, because I needed tangible evidence of why he wasn't right for me. Why? But I need to know why though. So the stove is hot. Let me see how hot. Like, why are we like this, right? And I've gotten so much better and I've been able to set them boundaries again and cut it off, but we keeping it honest here, right? I'm not a coach that lies. I tell the truth. I'm on the Good Girl Podcast. It's all about confessions where 
there are there's still a part of me that is like he is not suitable for you and mm-hmm. i'm still like but why <laughs> so is it what's the why <laughs> you know and it's uh, why is our gut instinct not enough cameo and i feel like rika it is connected to our humanity just like our human condition and when i say that i think about how we come to know God, how we come to know Christ, right? There is, There has to be an aspect of faith. There has to be an aspect of believing something we don't see. And so I think it's also a lack of uh, trusting ourselves yeah, um, and also a lack of trusting God. Like, and just knowing that what you are feeling and what you are seeing is enough. Like, you don't need the evidence. You just mm-hmm. have to walk in what you know. And that by itself is faith. And I think it's difficult, but let's let's be honest. It feels good. It feels awesome. It has felt awesome when I have cut a guy off, say a year, two years ago, and it comes back around and you see some, you like, oh, I knew he wasn't nothing, but I didn't know he wasn't that nothing now. Right, 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 right. You know, and, and it feels great, but you kind of want that evidence ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the way that we, um, cause I want to give you listening something tangible to strengthen the the gut feeling. And I think the way that we do that is what I said. Ayana talks about is if you say every morning when I wake up, I'm going to drink a warm glass of water. That's the first thing I'm going to do. Do it every day, every single day. Then you'll start seeing results. It's just like working out, right? It may take three months, but if you do it every day or whatever your consistency is, you're going to see the results and you're going to be like, oh, my God, look, what? you know, when you start losing weight, you want to work out more. You actually get you're like, OK, now I can count the macros or whatever and do keto, whatever you're going to do. We see it tangibly in other assets of our life, but it's the relational one that is weird or harder or frustrating because you may not see it ever. Yeah, when he circles back around in two years and he's still trash, great. But what if you never see him again? I have to just believe that the $10,000 boyfriend that I cut off, it was a good idea. I don't know where he is at all. You know what I mean? I have to believe that my ex from when I lived in Indianapolis, me cutting that off was a good idea. I don't know where he is. We just have the faith thing, man. And that is so, I don't know that we're ever going to be perfect with it because we do have this human experience. Oh, but man, to strengthen that, keep doing what you say that you want to do in other areas of your life. And I promise you, I feel like, and you can tell me if I'm all the way out in left field cameo and I ain't making sense, but I feel like the more you do what you say you're going to do in other areas of your life, it actually helps you in the lane of relationships. I think it does. It, it, it does depend on who you are and how much you stand on your integrity. But for me, my word is everything. Yeah. So if I say I'm going to do something, um, it makes me proud of who I am. Yeah. And I feel like it very much makes me a more of a force to be reckoned with. So when when I say whatever I say, you know, I mean business. Like I'm not, Yeah. and it becomes my reputation and it is my reputation. So when I say no, and I say it calmly, I can say it with a smile, but you, you know Cameo is serious. Yeah. Or when yeah. I say I'm done, or when I say no, let's go. Or when I say, Whatever it is I say. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, it becomes, it, it very much becomes, and I think also that's our relationship with God. You know, when God says something that it, it is when you see it. Yeah. And, and even when I think about it, it's funny when you say it, we don't ever get to find out Yeah. when it comes to this relational thing. But I feel like God, at least for me, I feel like God has been showing me like, Cameo, you don't make good choices. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the beginning, like everything, like, so we have Facebook now. And so you get to see guys you had crushes on. At, from, from kindergarten, through high school, through college. I mean, some of my choices, but maybe some of the other ones, I was like, oh, praise God. It just didn't work. It's like we got to thank God for some of them unanswered prayers too, right? Like, what thank you even giving me him or what have you? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One dude, I had a, a hard crush on. I don't know it's high school, but back, you couldn't tell me. You couldn't listen. Yeah. Baby girl was hurt, but I see him now. Praise God. Praise. Listen, I'll be ready to sing a song. Praise him. Praise him. I don't know what song that is, but you get it. But you get it. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. So, um, my number two. Okay. Um, and I think I'm going to switch this up a little bit. And okay. I, it's so funny. I asked the same question to see if we were aware, uh, for the most part, um, on Instagram. And 100% out of everyone who voted said we do participate in our own suffering. Everyone who voted. Everybody said, yep, we participate in our own suffering. And then someone actually responded because I asked how. And it made me change the how we looked at this conversation. She said self-denial. I think that is the, the, the foundation in which we participate in our own suffering. When we are not honest and when, when we are not accountable for our role in any and everything. When we deny anything, when we deny our feelings, whether they're good or not so good, or when we deny who we are, when we deny our desires, when we deny what we want, even as something as, as what we want for dinner, when we deny what we, like we, that is us literally saying, I want to participate in my own suffering. When you are not honest about what you want or how you feel. I believe freedom and joy, self-fulfillment, rest in your authenticity. And you cannot be authentic denying what you want. Um, I talked to a a sexologist on on one of my past shows, and she talked about pleasure. And she says, oftentimes when people think about the act of sex, they limit it to the physical piece. But it's so much more than that. It's how you experience pleasure in totality. And so the call was to practice pleasure in every area of your life. And she said, it's something as simple as, do you like the way something feels on your body? Do you like the way this sweater feels on your body? Do you like the way the rain hits your hand? Do you like the way something smells? And if that is how we experience pleasure, if we are not honest, What we like and what we don't like and the little things, the sweater, the food, the aroma, the we are not going to experience pleasure and joy in other areas of our life. And so, happiness, yeah. And so I, joy. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think that I think self denial is 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 central. Yeah, is foundational yeah. to us participating in our own suffering. And then I'm gonna let you go because I feel like you have something to say. But when I say self denial too, also just 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 turning that a little bit or shifting that lens a little bit, it also comes when we when there's tension or when there are issues. And so you have to take accountability for your actions as well. When we aren't accountable and say, yes, I did that. Yep, I, I yelled at you. Or yep, I was jealous. Or yes, that hurt. When we aren't accountable for ourselves in those spaces, I think we also participate in our own suffering because that too leads back to bondage because we can't be honest. We can't be free. We can't be authentic in our feelings because we can't grow. We can't, if I'm not honest, and, and this is the, the best way I can put it, because I think about those who experience some type of substance abuse. The first thing that they ask you to do is to admit it, confess it. You know, I, Cameo King, am a whatever, a holic. And they do that because that is accountability and admitting mm-hmm. and connecting with where you are. And then you have solutions and then you grow. But the yeah. problem is some of us exist in this self-denial that we don't have this. And just for the sake of this conversation, we don't experience this type of substance abuse. And so we stay put, we stay in bondage and we stay in self-denial. And this is us participating in our own. And I want to, so there's a couple of things I want to say here. And so in, with the lens of self-denial and relationships, I'm going to say a tangible example because I just had this happen. So talking to a dude, he said, and I'm going to call you back at seven. He never called me back until the next morning. And old Rika would have let that go, even though I have feelings about it. Um, but I would have tried to, you know, be in self-denial, like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. But no, it is. We were talking off air about how I'm a time person. I'm a, if you say you're going to do this, do it person. I know that about myself. I'm so self-aware now that the next morning I brought it up. And he was like, oh, my bad. So this is what happened, whatever. And ever since then, he if he says he's going to call me back, he calls me back. Old Rika would have like swallowed it, not say anything. I don't want him to get, you know, I, I'm afraid I'll lose him if I speak up for myself. And all of these things that we say, trying again to make this man pick me. Instead of setting a boundary, if you say you're going to do something for me or two or what time, do it. And if something changes, you're allowed to say, oh, my bad, I thought it was going to be seven, but I'm still in this meeting. And so now it's going to be eight. That's fine. But it's the just ignoring the fact that you said you were going to call me at seven. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so the self-denial, again, would have said, it's not that big of a deal, Rika. He just leave it alone. I, I just want to like, that was the perfect oh. example. That was the because per- that was old cameo, right? Just either I'm not going to say nothing or I'm just going I'm just going to swallow this. Um, and it's just going to be yeah, because society tells us women are so emotional, right? Oh my God, you're so emotional. And so we just hide from our emotions. And then two year, two weeks or two months, two years down the line, we are bottled up with anger. And it literally started with the simple fact that you could not speak up for yourself. Listen, I, listen now, I got a question, now I got a question off air because I don't know if I should have spoke up or not. <laughs> I let it go. But so mind you, I let it go. But I am not in contact with this person anymore. Okay. And my thought process is like, well, if they want to remain in contact, when they contact me again, if they contact me again, I was like, hey, this is what happened last time. But anyway, I, I don't want to be 
I feel like I know who this. Okay, so we'll talk. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be five years down the line and be like, but you never did this. And he'd be like, yep, 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 yeah. And then that is right. Like I didn't even. I just don't want to be that person who bottles it up, you know. Yeah. And maybe you, maybe because you're, I don't know, in a public setting or at church or something. So you're like, let me just wait till I get home. I think there's time and place, but he still needs to know immediately like asap you know I, I i think we just need to be better communicators we grown right yeah we always be like i want a man who's emotionally intelligent okay but are you yeah i, I listen I, I probably still need some work on it because it's still at the top of my mind so we <laughs> and listen again we are not talking about perfection Mm-mm. i just think that a lot of us have blind spots that we are not uh that nobody talks about. So this is why we're here, right? We're, we're talking about it. Hopefully you listening are like, oh my God, I do that. And then ask yourself, is this participating, am I participating in my own suffering? Because how is he going to know how to treat me if I don't tell him how to treat me? And and I know you say blind, I think it's blind spots and I think it's not realizing, and maybe I'm just, just you know, this is semantics, but not realizing how much that's, small behavior really connects to a greater purpose yes. or a different version of you. Yes. You don't realize how much it adds up. Yes. It adds up. So you didn't tell him how you felt 10 times over. Now you're mad. Yeah. Now you're mad. Now you're mad. So, okay. So go ahead to your, to your number two. Let's, okay, let's go here. Cause this one was good and it's still in the lane of relationships, but okay. I feel like you and I are dealing with this in real time right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Real time. It is our fear of settling versus the fear of passing up a good man. So the mental gymnastics that I am doing at 39 years old, when every, this guy's approaching me, this guy's approaching me, this guy's approaching me, the fear that I have in making the wrong choice, whether it's the wrong choice and now I'm in another dysfunctional relationship or whether it's the wrong choice and I let a good thing pass me up. Those mental gymnastics is getting on my last nerve. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my God, he didn't open the door for me. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, I just, I, and I'm participating in my own suffering because I am not living in the present moment. And I feel like because I'm this, you know, person on a podcast and I've been certified and I feel like I've made, you know, I hope the worst mistakes I've ever made in dating, I hope that's over, that this fear of like making the wrong choice and then y'all seeing it. I don't want to be embarrassed again. I don't want to do that. I, I think in this space for me, that used to drive me insane. I hated dating guys and not being able to stay in the moment, like not being able to just enjoy you. I almost preferred to date guys and entertain guys that I wasn't attracted to or I didn't think had potential because I could relax <laughs> me myself because I didn't care. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Because when I did have some type of attraction to you or when you did show some type of potential, like you hit a couple of, um, you know, I saw that you were authentic. Um, I saw that you were honest or whatever it is, or I was really attracted to you. I get kind of wound up because I'm like, oh, is he the one? Maybe he the one. Oh, And And then you begin to kind of catalog his behavior versus, and this is why I value too, Let's try to be like, let's be friends first, right? Because I just get to experience you and you get to experience me. And then we can decide if we are a good or a better experience together than we are individually. 
but I will say one one thing that has freed me when we talk about suffering. So what's on the other side of suffering is that I just believe that no matter what I do or say or show up, that the person that is for me is for me, that he is not going to care. Like I can walk into someplace looking like boo-boo the fool, but it's going to be something in him. He may be like, gosh, she look kind of weird, but I guess, you know, <laughs> like you told me she was going to be fine. I'm like, just, just, she just having a bad day, brother. Right. Don't it's, it's you know? Just running errands. It's fine. <laughs> right, right. And that has some, that has been something that has freed me and has allowed me to very much just exist as myself and try not to count up the, like the costs and 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 do this mental gymnastics of what if he what if i have to make sure i'm doing this this and this, because i know how i want to show up yeah but i also know that like because it's just i've just seen too much what i am coming to know about marriages and about relationships is a lot of the stuff that we think that matters it doesn't matter and, and so that's why I'm just, I'm just, I just don't care as much. It's that's just what I'm seeing. The lot of the lot of the stuff that we think that matters, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Because after you wake up to me, 365 days times five, you're going to get to know me on a deep. It, it's not going to be my looks that keep you. Yes, you can think I'm fine. Yes, when I walk past you, you're going to be like, ooh, her booty, or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to be things like trust, intimacy. Can, can I handle the rawest version of you? Can I handle it with care? Yeah. Can you handle me with care? Yeah. Right? Am I growing into the, like, do, do I, how well do I know you where I can love you properly? those things have become more of a priority than the other things that you that I know that are true and are a part of my things I can't get rid of that yeah. that's just who I am yeah so that yeah. has helped me so and also I think what helps me with the mental gymnastics because yeah I go through that and I'm getting better so there's duality happening in me yeah another thing it, something that grounds me and that helps me is Whatever choice you make, Rika, there is going to be trials and tribulations. There is no promise on this earth that you're going to be coasting through life because you were a follower of, of Jesus. Trust yeah. yourself enough to know that you're just going to get through it. That's hard. You're get through it. And so it's like, yeah, that sucks, but I'm not going to die because you cheated. And even if I did, at least I'm going to heaven. <laughs> Rika! Just why? Why is it? Why is there so much like pain and suffering if a relationship doesn't work out? I and I'm not saying that I'm not gonna be sad. Of course, I'm not saying that. But I, what I'm saying is, he breaks up with me, he leaves me after ten years or whatever. Okay, I'll bounce back in two or a year. Like I'm gonna get through it because I have God by my side. I have my family and friends. That's why I'm cultivating family and friends to make sure that I do have my um, my village when some ish hits the fan. Because guess what? Ish is going to hit the fan. I can make the right choice. He a good man. He gets cancer and dies in five years. Knock on wood. Lord, I'm see. I don't know. I don't know that. But you know what I mean? Like it's, it, I do. 
And so, you know, just trying to bring this back. We talked about, uh, I knew we were going to go in a different direction. (laughs) I know. And I know you have one more point too, right? I think. But but like self-denial, but this is us also participating in our own suffering when we are making these decisions. And you didn't necessarily say this, but the importance of building your village and your community and not making your identity be about a marriage or about a spouse. It's because they they literally cannot be your all and your everything because they are human. Um, and so if something doesn't go right, if something fails, it doesn't mean the person has to die. It doesn't mean that the marriage has to end, but they are not meant to be your, your all. And so when you, when you have that expectation of them, that is also, I think, participating in your own suffering. Yep. Yep. Jesus is asking to be your all and everything. He didn't tell you to ask a man to be that. He didn't tell you to ask a friend to be that. He didn't tell you to ask your pastor to be that, your mom and dad. If I'm honest, you know, this is a conversation. There are some things, there are some things that Jesus can't even do. And I don't want to be too, 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 um, <laughs> too raw. <laughs> say it, Cameo. Say it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to keep like, Jesus can't slap me on my booty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Among other things. But you know what I'm saying? Facts. Somebody, like somebody, I posted something on, oh gosh, it was hilarious. Something on Facebook and was like, you know, you got to learn how to love yourself and all this other stuff. I said, I can't slap my own self on my booty. What do you mean? No, the rose, the rose doesn't even do that. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. There are some carnal human things that we do want for sure. And we do have that desire and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But making them an idol. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Participating in your own suffering. But I do. Let's be clear. I do want that slap. So (laughs) (laughs) the saints, we, they good. They got you. Let me let me move on before some dude yeah. think this is his free reign to tag right. in. No, brother, don't don't mm-hmm. don't. Slap your DM time out. I can slap you on your booty. <laughs> My hand yeah. five fingers. Look, <laughs> I got five whole fingers. Right, hand is big. You know. <laughs> right, so let me go to the other one. Participating in your own suffering, and so this is the last one I want to talk about. Rika, I know you have one too, but. It's the idea of waiting on anything to be right before you move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waiting on anything to be right. And I, well, we can end on this because you and I are in the same spot. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and we tell ourselves on, on, in so many spaces that I'm going to wait until fill in the blank. I'm going to wait until I have enough followers. I'm going to wait until I'm this old. I'm going to wait until I get this position. I'm going to wait, whatever it is, till I make this career move. I'm going to wait. No, that's you participate. Because typically the thing you desire is something that you believe will give you access to more joy or more peace or more something. Because that's really what we're chasing in life. We're not really chasing these things. We're chasing peace. Peace, 100%. We're chasing peace, right? And we think money will bring us more peace. Because it's well, if, if I if I got if I got a half a million dollars sitting in the bank, 
am not tripping on my job. I'm not tripping on where I'm moving to next. I'm not tripping on if my man making six figures. I, I got 5K sitting in the bank and I'm still bringing in money. Um, that, that's peace. Yeah. That's yeah. peace. Um, but what we do is we put these qualifiers before because we believe we need those things to access peace. We need those things to access joy. Mm-hmm. When, when, when we put those qualifiers there, we're participating in our own suffering because we're saying that we can't get those things. And I'm a firm believer, because I am a believer, that God wouldn't create something tangible that I couldn't necessarily access in order to get something that God has access to, peace and joy. Like, like when I say that's what we're chasing, that's what we're chasing. So I can't, and I don't want to have this conversation, like this high level conversation, like I'm ignorant of what money can do. I think about, though, the conversations, again, that some of us have, and we are putting these qualifiers before things. Like, when I get my spouse, then I'm really going to travel. When I get my spouse, then I'm going to purchase a home. That was cameo. Yeah. That is us actively denying ourselves some things that will bring us peace, peace and joy. This is a thought that's coming to mind, is I do feel like in that space of wanting to move out of Washington state. Mm-hmm. I have not done it. You know, I've been here for nine years. I think the last four years, it's been a, a strong, like, you got to get out of here, Rika. Like, what are you doing? Right. Mm-hmm. And I have been here and I do believe that I'm participating in my own suffering in this instance. However, I think the suffering is going to be worth it because I wanted to make sure that I'm, I was set up in a way so that I can move and then not be able to struggle. Cause then I felt that moving first and struggling would also be participating in my own suffering. So I'm, I'm like, what suffering did I want at, at that moment and that season? Again, I am a Christian who believes, listen, count it all joy when you go through trials and tribulations, life is never going to be perfect. So I chose the staying in Washington state until for my suffering, because guess what, baby? <laughs> When I moved to Arizona and I got the job that I wanted, we do whoop, whoop, whoop. it would have been worth it, right? Because I know even when I move, there's gonna be something that I don't like within three months that I get there. Mm-hmm. And so I have been working on having that peace that surpasses all understanding here in a place where I know I'm not happy. And I'm I'm gonna challenge you from a place that I'm in right now, right? Yeah. When I say yeah. like I have the desire to to move and the same thing. And I'm not saying this is you, but this, this is me. Right. And it it may challenge you. It may or may not challenge you because I think there is wisdom. There is wisdom in waiting. There's wisdom in in preparing. And so my thought process too was like, let me prepare, let me prepare. This is a revelation. I just got, I was going to share it on TikTok. Woo. Well, I'm not saying God told me up, but it, it hit my, it hit my soul. Rika. God essentially told me that cameo, your preparation is a veil for fear mm. because you don't believe or lack of trust. You don't believe that I'm going to provide for you when you go to the next place. Yeah. So yeah. you're rushing, trying to save, trying to do, trying to buy. And you don't think that I'm going to provide for you. And that's why you're in a tizzy. That's why you're frustrated. That's why you're not resting in my peace and my sovereignty. 
And but but mind you, this is me. I'm not putting that on you, Rika. I'm I'm just saying for me because there may be other people out there. Like I said, I was gonna share this on TikTok. Is that I was like I was busy just trying to do so much. Yeah. Like trying to buy a house, girl. How long are you gonna be like just trying to do so much to set myself up for success? I'll call it in a foreign land. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that land, the word on the street is is it, it ain't cheap. And so I don't want to be out there broke. Kind of what you right. said. Yeah. And so for me, God said, Cameo, you, 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 you think preparing, you think you're preparing, and I believe in preparation, but you're preparing from the wrong, you're preparing from a place of fear. Yeah. Yeah. And it really did calm me down and slow me down and said, Cameo, chill, chill the F out. Calm. <laughs> like, calm down. Yeah. So for me, and yes, that, um, see, this is why we all have to have our own relationship with God, right? Because the way he's speaking to Cameo um, doesn't necessarily have to be the same way that God is speaking to me. I think fear is always a factor in a lot of our decisions. And God said, I don't, I don't give you a spirit of fear. So I do think we have to manage that. For me, I think God was working on my patience. Mm. And, um, I have to tell you off uh, air, <laughs> but I believe that um, a situation is about to happen. And I'll tell you what it is. Like I said, off air, that is going to move me rapidly. Mm. And it's going to be like these nine years didn't even exist. Mm -hmm. And God is like, do you trust me to provide that for you? I got you. I got you. So I think that as I look back, I think God was was working on my patience because honestly one of the top reasons why i wanted to move is so i could date <laughs> you know what i mean and god is like don't worry about that right now participating in your own suffering let me say this so riga i am glad that you that we have different different lessons mm -hmm. that god is teaching us when we are in similar seasons yeah yeah and i hope this also shines a light that oftentimes we say messages that we think are for everybody. No, that message is just for you. God is not a one size fits all in that category. Does he love all of us? One size fits all? Absolutely. But I don't think he talks to us the same way. I look at the stories in the Bible. He didn't talk to Moses, the woman at the well, to this and that person the same way. He didn't. It was different every time. I said what I said because we can access joy. We can access peace. We can access these things right where we are. There was another meme that said change starts from within. It doesn't start with moving to Atlanta. And <laughs> ah, that was funny. And I thought that I thought that was funny because essentially that's what I'm saying. These things that we desire don't necessarily start with moving to a different location. Right. At the same time, I don't want to discount the fact that what a new environment of people opportunities yep. uh, who affirm you who are like you access you know it just thinking about certain seeds and plants grow really well in certain environments and some don't grow at all yep and so Life i don't way more nuanced than we think it is way yeah. more not yeah. black right so i don't i don't want to discount that but i also don't want us to suffer while we while we are in whatever season that we are in. One of my prayers have been, God, show me my perspective in this season. What do I need to be learning? What do I need to be seeing while I'm in this season? 
And that's why, that's also when we are in places that makes us uncomfortable or we think we should have something that we don't have, ask God, what should I be seeing right now? What should I be doing right now? And I think that does give us access to to not suffer is what I'm going to say. So closing thoughts, Rika? I would just go back to what I just said. Life, I, I, I think, and we've said this before, like we think life is so black and white and we're just looking for that one podcast, that one piece of advice that's going to change our whole life and everything's going to be perfect. When again, I am a Christian who doesn't believe life is perfect. It's never going to be perfect. So no matter the choice that you make, say it with your chest, (laughs) make sure it aligns with your values and write it out. You know, Uh, it's more nuanced to this life thing in every lane, job, relationships, self, blah, 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 self-care, more nuanced than we think. You know, the Bible says we're not against flesh and blood. So (laughs) there's a level we ain't even know yet, tapping in yet, don't understand. We will not understand everything. And so, yeah, that is my my closing remarks. (laughs) That was good. We can end it there. So, Rika, I thank you as always. I think our conversations are always enlightening, and I think we're able to talk (laughs) differently because we know each other other on a different level, and I think because we desire very similar things. Um, And we are, I feel like we in the same season. So I know. Every time we talk, I'm like, Lord, me and Camille, listen, and I I feel like we need to record another podcast when we go see Usher. uh, Because we're going to be in Vegas together. There goes my baby. We're going to try. We're going to try. Consider me your homegirl in your head. Again, it's Rika. And if you need to reach out to me, listen, don't hesitate. It's not going to be weird on Twitter and on Instagram. I am just me, Rika. That's R-E-K-A. And I'm going to put my Twitter, Instagram, and email in the show notes, okay? You can also join me over in my private Facebook group titled Singleness is Not a Punishment. I mean, come on, who am I? (laughs) You know my tagline? That's my private Facebook group. The link will also be in the show notes. Now, if I said something that resonated with you and really helped you, please share this podcast with a friend because sharing is caring and you shouldn't be sitting on all this good information. So share it with your homegirl, okay? Or your homeboy. (laughs) Please do that. Also, don't forget to subscribe and then you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. And if you have time, can you do me a favor? It'll help me out as a small business owner and a podcaster. Will you leave a rating on this episode? All you got to do is say that you liked it or you can even type out what you took away from this episode. It really helps me and keeps me going, providing free content for you. So thank you so much for doing that. Production.
production. My intro was made by one of the greats in production land. His name is James Tyler. Thank you for my intro. And he used Beyonce's single ladies, Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato. He used Dua Lipa, her song New Rules, and also Truth Hurts by Lizzo. All right, that's all I got for you this episode. We will talk again on the next one.